When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put down a deposit, get up to $1,000 in free plays. I'm Mike Luke, joined by Brad Alice. All right, I was just at media day here, Brad, and I'm going to say this. Watching these guys, watching this coaching staff, it's always it, – it feels good to see, like, everybody moving in the same wavelength, kind of moving in the same. And you could just tell that from a recruiting, from a structure – from a building things up the right way, this staff at least is saying the right things and gets it. Yeah, you know, they've always said the right things, and I think most of their off-season moves have always been the right moves. Um, the question now comes down to, have they acquired enough talent and can they coach them up? And if there is a question on Jed Fish still, it's how good of a coach is he? Right. We just don't know. You know, For those of you who say he cannot be successful – because he lost a September game to NAU a year ago. Um, that's a foolish statement. To For all of you who said, well, he definitely can coach because he beat a shorthanded Cal team in November a year ago. That's right. a foolish statement. We don't know. Um, you know, I saw building blocks last year. I saw a team that continuously got better. I also saw a team that had probably the worst night an Arizona football team has ever had against NAU. That was rock bottom. Um, you know, but if you look back, you did that with a, a, a bad roster with basically the third best quarterback on your roster. Who's now the fifth best quarterback on your roster. Um, so again, to proclaim this a success is, is, is premature to proclaim this a failure is also premature. Um, that being said, you have to like the off season they had both between adding transfers, adding a recruiting class frankly, pairing off some dead weight and, and some of it's talented. Um, but you have to wonder when you got a guy like Majan Wright, who's transferred out of this program twice in another program, 
is he really the guy busting his butt in the weight room every day or is he right. begging off of that? You don't know. I mean, I don't want to disparage the kid, but um, there are guys who are just happy to have a scholarship and happy to be able to tell people they were college football players. Now, we also heard that when someone took over that he had to change the culture and Rich Rod had to change the culture and Mike Stoops had to change the culture. And Mac, so we've heard that before, but that is ev- true, I think, of every losing football team. And with the exception of Dick Tomey, who was let go after about a 500 season, every coach that's come down the line has inherited not just a losing football team, but a football team really in bad place. I mean, as good as Stoops was, that those last that last year was awful, and it wasn't getting much better because he had kind of quit recruiting. Um, Rich Rod might be a better example. I mean, but that was a program I don't think was trending in the right direction. Um, obviously someone left this thing scorched earth, but yeah, now we have to see what they can do. Do I like everything I hear from Johnny Nansen? Yes. He's never called a defense for an entire game. He's been the run game defense. But yeah, so we got, we got a lot to learn about this team, this staff. But if you can win the offseason, they won the offseason. I also give them a lot of credit, and Jed Fish talked about this, that go ahead, name Jaden Delora your starting quarterback. Again, we've got to, Arizona's got to win games here. You've got to put a better product out on the field, obviously. Everybody knew that Jaden Delora was going to be your quarterback. I'm happy that they went ahead and just announced him as your quarterback. So it's not one of these things where he's getting 40%, somebody else is getting 35-20. This is the guy that you're going to win, you're going to lose with this year. And they seem pretty comfortable with what they're going to be able to see from Delora, especially with the weapons that he's going to be throwing to. I have covered this program in one form or another since about 2000. Hmm? I think twice did we have the starter named. Sometimes we knew who it was. Right. But the coach would, everything's a comp, but Jason Johnson, second year, maybe first year, and credit Makovic. Makovic kind of picked him out of the crowd in spring ball. And then Foles is last year. Mm-hmm. That was it. Right. Um, You know, you had Khalil Tate coming back after that amazing four or five game stretch without another quarterback on the roster. It's an open competition. Uh, You know, you had, let's just go give him the, 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 the starter snaps that allows Noah Fafita to come in and pressure off to learn the offense, learn how to be a college student. I know he was here for spring, but this is different. Uh, you know, if you risk alienating Jordan McLeod, maybe, but at least he can come in and know what he has to do. And then there's a target on Jaden Delora's back. So Jordan Delora, it's not kind of the wink, wink, nod, nod starter that we kind of had last year with Gunnar Cruz, where we all knew what two weeks before that he was probably the starter. Right. Going to camp. And if you can unseat no, uh, uh, Jaden Delora, great. But we don't have to play the game, and and the media doesn't have to ask every practice, and um, the star doesn't have to run a, a graphic every every issue. Right. There's the competition, and you know Jason and Matt Moreno don't have to dedicate extra uh, time and energy to it because you, you frankly you do, and I know it sounds silly, but those are the hoops you have to jump through to provide coverage, and if you can eliminate that for everybody in the community, so be it. And then you, you know, can let Jaden Lower prepare. To me, it's refreshing that, that they do that. And let's just look at where we were at this point last year and where we are now. We had Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer going into the season. 
you know, nice kids. Neither one of them, I don't think you can really look at and say those are high-level Power 5 quarterbacks. Now, you look at the quarterback right now. You got Jaden Delora, obviously the freshman of the year last year. Um, they don't hand those awards out for nothing. Then you look at the receiving core. It was a bunch of... You know, guys you really weren't sure at. Stan Barry Hill you knew was good, but there was another bunch of guys that just, you know, were either injured. Now you have a lineup where you've got a Dorian Singer who really flashed at the end of last year, along with a Totora McMillan, along with a Jacob Cowing. We haven't even gotten into some of the guys like a Kevin Green. So you got to give these this coaching staff massive kudos just for the overhaul of the passing game in one short year. In reality, you have assuming everyone healthy four guys who have done it mm -hmm. at a, a, a modest level at the D one to a high level. You know, right. Cowling has put up big numbers, but you know, uh, Jamari Joyner has been a competent D one receiver, mm -hmm. uh, singer flashed Anthony Simpson's another guy who again had moments last year. So you got those four and I'm, I think I'm forgetting someone too. Um, but yeah, I, think you have I said, Simpson, is it, is it, uh, one other guy. I know you have another guy who had at least five or six catches last year. Then you throw in, you know, a legit borderline five-star prospect in McMillan. And then you throw in Kevin Green, who's a, who's a four-star. Um, and suddenly you have a group. Uh, I mean, if you can have four, in reality, competent receivers, you're in good shape. And they may have six or seven. Now, someone has to get them the ball. Someone has to have the time to get them the ball. Um, but you certainly, if you look at the quarterback position, the receiver position and the running back position, it's equal to, or greater than what Arizona had last year at this time. Uh, the big question still remains to me, offensive line. I think the overall group is better, but unfortunately I think the most talent there may be newcomers and you wonder how fast can they be ready to play? Um, but yeah, I think if you look at the offensive side of the ball, you're upgrading at, at worst, you know, seven positions. What do you, what do you look at the running back position? That to me is the one where I don't really know. I mean, you've got a couple guys coming back. Obviously you got Jonah Coleman coming in. You got DJ Williams transfer from Florida state, but that to me is on the offensive side is the one great unknown right there, Brad. I think your worst case scenario is you have a bunch of competence. So, right. You know, we've seen Wiley be a good running back. We've seen Rocker be competent. We've seen um, the name, excuse me, the kid from Northwestern, from Phoenix. Drake Anderson. Drake Anderson can play at this level. Um, you know, then you throw in Jonah Coleman, who's built like a like a like a VW Beetle right. with, a, with a, a V5 or V8 in there. Um, and when I'm talking about your your nephew, Speedy. Um, my guy, I, I actually think will make a bigger impact. I, my guess is he's going to end up being kind of a gimmick player early on. The guy you line mm -hmm. up in the slot, um, you know, you run some some jets with him, you, you shovel past him. Uh, Andy Reid would love to have a guy like that, right? For now. sure, he's a, um, a little Tyreek Hill. I was even saying a little Miko Hardman. Um, All right, but just a guy you find ways to get the ball in their hands. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think when you compound that, it's a it's a pretty good group. You know, but with the exception of maybe the the transfer, I'm not sure you have a, a clear cut number one who's ready. I think eventually Coleman or Luke can be that guy. But again, a lot of pressure to put on a true freshman. Now, granted, Jonah Coleman's built like a like a 27 year old bodybuilder and not like a an built like Brad Alice in my dreams. Um, 
and you know, and, and 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 you can't teach speed. And Speedy Luke, there's a reason they call him Speedy. It's not the oh. ironic nickname. It's not like calling me big guy. It's, it's not like calling me Iron Mike. <laughs> exactly. Um. So you know, call, calling Kevin Woodman tiny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So but again, are they ready? I don't know. But again, if you're telling me the combination of those guys they have, you know, the four other you know upperclassmen are going to each have five touches a game and. I think that's fine. Cause again, this isn't Kadeem Carey. You're not, you're not counting on a guy having 2000 yards. If you can get 1100 yards, a thousand yards out of your running game, I think you're in great place. Cause that just takes the pressure off the passing game. And this is going to be a passing offense. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Do, or we're going to have a much better idea this year. I think about the coaching prowess of Jed fish. Um, you talked about it last year. I totally agree with you. Our good friend, John Schuster disagrees with me. He didn't like how Jed fish did last year. I was fine with how Jed fish did. Obviously the NAU game was a wart, but that was a bad, bad football team. It was a bottom five talented team in the country. So I had no problem with how they com- I thought they competed better. I had no problem with it this year though. You need to take that step. You need to take a step forward. I don't need you in a bowl game, but you've got to look more. You've got to look. You've got. There's got to be some kind of identity on offense, especially. Are you like you said? Are you going to be that quick strike passing? Are you going to be a down the field? Are you going to rely on getting thirty points a game? Whatever the case may be, there's got to be an identity that is start to established here, Brad. You know, I look at it, and again, if that was in a vacuum, if I knew that was a middle of the pack ten roster and that Jed Fish was in year three of being a play caller, I would have given him an F. Right. Um, but I don't know. Because I, you know, they, but they were awful against San Diego State. They were awful in some other games. They also looked really good in some games. Um, I don't know what was a Jed Fish play call and what was a Gunner Cruz, I'm panicking, check down. What right. was a Will Plummer, I'm beat up and hurt, check down. Uh, I don't know what... Uh, you know, again, does he run a lot of jet sweeps to the short side of the field because he just doesn't get it? Or is it to soften up things to get the corner to creep in? I mean, there's a, you know, because I, I, I hate the jet sweep to the short side, but I did some research and there's a lot of what reasons why you run that. It's a chess match. It's to get the cornerback uh, to, you know, to get the safety to, to come in and, and open up the wide side of the field because uh, mm-hmm. most teams cheat to the wide side. Is Jed Fish playing chess or was he playing checkers and he made a bad move? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I saw a team go out and almost beat Utah, who was the best team in the Pac-12. I saw a team went out and competed with ASU for about three and a half quarters. I saw a team that put a scare into Oregon, put a scare into UCLA. I like that. I also saw a team that, again, crapped their pants against NAU, who got just run out of the building by San Diego State. Right. Um, who had some other, you know, who were lucky to beat a Cal team that barely fielded the team. And I know they got the win there, but to me, the way they had to hold on to win that thing. And that was not, that was not impressive. Again, then the next week they go out and almost upset Utah. So go figure. Um, but again, it's an incomplete grade. Uh, so I like a lot. I saw, I also saw a lot of stuff I did not like, but again, hard to be critical um, when you have that again, it's just like, if you go back to, to Sean Miller's first year, uh, there was stuff I liked and stuff I didn't like, but Nick wise was your point guard. Um, you know, you're, you're being mean right there, uh, but like I'm not, Nick but because that, that team didn't have a tournament roster. 
Right. They didn't make the tournament. But you know what? Right. At the turn, they were in first place in the Pac-12. Right. Um, you know, same thing last year. If Tommy Lloyd last year had been, uh, you know, the team we kind of thought they were going to be, 20th, 25th, you know, would we be upset with Tommy Lloyd? No. Now we're no. thrilled. And <laughs> right. he has more pressure on him than ever, you know. So, again, it's really hard to grade first-year coaches. You know, you look, let's go to Caitlin Love. Really bad regular season. Great postseason. What is she? I don't know. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, Jose Roman has an interesting question, right? Or a, a point I wanted to get to. But at first, I wanted to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. William, do you like the over of two and a half wins this year for the Cats? I do. Do you like the over of three? I think if you're taking the two and a half, you take the three. Yeah. All right. William and I are on the same page. I don't I, like it, much more than that, though, Mike. No. Well, I know. Notice how I didn't say five and a half. <laughs> but again, if you're if you're looking at us and you say, you know what? Those guys have been around, especially Brad. He knows what he's talking about. I'm going to go in on that. Where could I go? You would go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, put down a deposit, get up to $1,000 in free plays, 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. If the pick doesn't win, don't tell, don't blame me. Never said I was an expert, just my pick right there. Now, Jose Roman says the biggest leap has to be on the O-line. A decent O-line last year would have notched a couple more W's. I appreciate the point, but I also don't know that we know what the O-line was last year. And here's my point. I was at uh, I was at the Colorado game last year, <laughs> traveling up to Denver. And um, there were, and I had a guy in the press box next to me saying, is it just me or they're not even throwing to some open wide receivers? And I said, yeah. I said, you don't really have a, uh, there's not a ton of, uh, you know, there's just not a ton of comfort level right there. I don't know that Plummer or Cruz are actually seeing wide open wide receivers. Again, Totally get that the the line, you didn't have an Orlando Pace there. You didn't have a Larry Allen. But I think we'll have a better idea about the offensive line this year just because you know you at least have a competent QB back there, William. Yeah, and again, I didn't like a lot I saw from the uh, line. But again, I also don't know, again, how much I can put that on the line and how much I put that on the quarterbacks and how right. much I put that on – the fact that you know you were you were playing from behind a lot, um, so yeah, I think there's still a lot of questions. Again, I I would love it if a few of the guys are going to count on were just a little bit older, maybe, um, but they're not. So we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. So it's, right. it's again, I think it's it's the biggest question to me, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is is clearly the offensive line, and you know, how many linemen do you really have? Um, how many quality linemen do you have? Uh, how do they play with a quarterback like Delora who can move a little bit, but it's not, he's not Khalil Tate. He's not, you know, one, one of these guys is going to run all over the place. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, some interest, uh, interesting things to look at. And, you know, it was an Arizona line that what averaged like 3.7 yards per attempt, but a right. lot of that, was sacks and some of those sacks were on the quarterbacks. Again, you're going to hear me say this a lot until we're about in week three or four. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's see what, what we have. 
Bear Down Ray, one of my favorite people out there. First of all, that sock uh, emblem right there, Brad. I am responsible for telling him to put that sock back on there because he tried to change it, tried to go corporate. Ray, you did a good thing. I'm going to disagree with my guy Ray here, though. I assume that he's talking about Jed Fish, not uh, Jed Fisher. I actually worked with a guy a couple of year, a year or two ago that referred to him as Jed Fisher quite a few times. It got very annoying. I actually, I do know that Bear Down Ray knows who this is, though. He says that uh, you can't wait. Or, or did we miss the memo and Jake Fisher is now the new officer? I could have missed that one right there. All right, but uh, so Ray says, my, I'm going to challenge you a little bit here on this one, Ray. And uh, again, you're one of my guys, so take that for what it's worth. How do we know that Jed Fish cannot call an offense? That, that would be my question. Because no, and, last- and I, I think that's a valid point because, again, I hated what I saw in some of those games. Right. But I really liked what I saw in the Oregon game when he went to McLeod. They ran some interesting stuff, and McLeod ran it well. The problem was McLeod tried to force the ball in uh, in the red zone a lot. Right. Um, again, is that coaching? Maybe. I think it's Jordan McLeod and why he's not the starting quarterback at uh, uh, South Central Florida or wherever he came from. <laughs> you I just can't remember which of the Florida directional schools he went right. to. I know <laughs> it's not. But um, so, again, you might be right. Everyone might be right. Fish might be an awful play caller. I just don't know yet. And if he is a bad play caller, then I hope he does have the uh, the the ability to check the ego and say, okay, it's time to hand it off to someone else. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know Jed Fish that well. All right. Here's what I got to tell Ray. I sincerely apologize. There was an if right there. So I do apologize. He says if, so he was not making a proclamation. He was just venturing a question right there. Good point. Um, I, I do not, I'm sorry. I, I don't see the if either. So I, 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 I think, uh, I missed it too. Either sorry, way, Ray, Ray. you're our guy dude. bear down Ray back the a Ray. How does that sound? Back the a Ray. That's pretty good. No, now Jose Roman says, and I agree with you, and he's he's kind of going with what you just said here, uh, Brad. There were signs that they were launching into mediocrity with the only experienced QB. McLeod injury uh, ended the season, and that's per that. I think that's a great point. Again, it's I don't want to make uh, Jordan McLeod out like he was, you know, like he was Tom Brady or something. But even the, with the turnovers, there was a semblance of moving the ball up and down the field at least, where you could see that okay, you at least saw what they were getting at. Whereas, you know, in the past, it was just, or with the other quarterbacks, it was everything looked a little too quick for Plummer. And with Cruz, it was like, man, I'm just going to heave this thing out of bounds as quickly as I can. The Cruz thing is the one that's still bizarre to me because he looked competent against BYU. Right. Did look great, but he looked competent. And then the next week against, uh, was that San Diego State? Right. It was like, he looked looked like they took uh, uh, someone out of the stands and said, hey, go try to play some football, kid. Um, but yeah, with McLeod again, when he was healthy, he put a scare into Oregon. He also cost him the, you could argue he cost him the game against Oregon too, as he threw those picks. Right. Uh, and they were trading punches with UCLA when he went down with the injury. I think they were down just one single score. Um, when they were in that game into the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, when he got hurt. Yeah. Um, again, I'm glad they went out and got Jacob Delora, Jaden Delora. I, 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 um, I, I'm not sure, you know, our McLeod is ready to be a winning starting quarterback in the Pac-12, but he showed me an ability that, again, that the things I saw the first three weeks 
might have been more due to a lack of quality quarterback than a lack of quality coaching. Uh, I will also say this. Once Plummer came back in the lineup, he progressively got he was, less bad. He was be- he was better. He, he was, was better. You know, again, he played pretty well against Utah. Uh, did what he could against ASU. You knew the inevitable bad turnovers were going to come because that's unfortunately what Will Plummer is at this stage. But, I mean, again, they threw a scare into ASU for a while. Right. So, again, now, now the excuses are gone. Unless the line is just utterly decrepit, and then in which case, why didn't you go get more transfers? Um, I, I need to see improvement before. Yeah, and if I don't, then I'm going to be on the uh, Jedfish Sucks bandwagon. Uh, but I'm not ready to – I'm not even close to being there right now because I haven't seen enough. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. But, again, as always, got to pay the bills. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. William. I'm going to give you an example. When Arizona came back the year after the Desert Swarm and they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated, everybody's seen it a million times. Actually, I still have the Sports Illustrated cover. Did you like them to win the uh, Did you like them to win the conference that year? And if you did, which you could have gone to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. I would have bet on them to win the conference, and I would have lost some money on the Colorado state game that year um, mm-hmm. and a few others. Yes. Probably but, the freedom bowl as well, but 21, but were you 21 and up at the time? I believe I was. So 21 and up Arizona only. And if Brad had a gambling problem, he would have called one 800 next step. That was a creative way that I did that right there. I, did, Draft, I like that. I like that sports book app code word PHNX uh, back the a Ray who changed his name. Hey, let's us. not forget. Guess what you can do this weekend. You can bet on an NFL game. Oh, my gosh. Football's here. I'm sorry. You you didn't have to bet. Although SummerSlam was this weekend, you don't don't have to bet pro wrestling or UFC. You can actually bet football starting this weekend. It's so funny. It just brings me back to my childhood. I'm just so excited that football is actually here. And like, and when we when we hit June and July, it's always like, what do I do with myself? It's back, though. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about the defense. Jose Roman... Back the A-Ray is fantastic. Where does the defense make the biggest jump this season? I am going to, and Lamont Lovett and I were talking about this a little bit. And here's where I think. I think that this team is actually, the defensive line, I think, is going to be one of the better units of the last five years. Now, again, you could say that, Mike, that's like saying that you're taller than the guy who's 5'2". Fair enough, you could say that. But at the end of the day, I think that Keon Bars is somebody who, and we're going to keep talking about him, had five sacks in 10 games last year. Um, he should push for all-conference status. It's been a long time since Arizona's gone into a year with a deep defensive lineman like that. And then on the edges, Hunter Eccles is a player that all throughout camp uh, flashed, took that over into the spring game. And again, Jalen Harris, maybe having a little bit more talent around you at this point will help him out a little bit. But I'm cautiously optimistic about the down line, William. Yeah, and I think I think they've got some some bodies to put there and some quality bodies. I mean, you know, bars is is basically a, a sandwich away from three hundred. Um, yeah, I don't know how much we're going to see out of some of these guys, but you know, you when you look at you know, got a lot of guys in that two ninety range, two ninety five range. Um, you know, Savea is is pushing three hundred. The 
the odds of you having to throw out a 250 pound defensive tackle. Uh, <laughs> in, in fact, let's assume you're right. And it's Harrison Eccles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Harris is 266, 6'5". Right. Jay, uh, you know, Hunter Eccles is 6'5", 245. And I mm-hmm. I think they're saying he's probably added some weight since then. I don't know if that's the, the training camp. That's good size out there. You know, I right. mean, that's, that, that's not throwing a, an undersized linebacker at, at the end and hoping for the best. So, again, do I know they're going to be better? No, but when you're looking at some of these young guys coming in, a, a lot of these incoming freshmen are getting some run. Um, it's good. I think it is going to be a better group. And then you hope some of the older guys who we've seen flashes from, uh, can finally round into form and, and be healthy more than anything. Linebacker is going to be fascinating because it really is. This is really the group where you don't really have anybody that's proven. Now, I think you're hoping that Jerry Roberts, you know, can take one of those spots right there because, again, Roberts had a game last year where 10 tackles, a uh, tackle and a half for loss against Utah. But after that, it's a lot of guys like a Malik Reed, an Anthony Solomon. A, um, a Sterling Lane coming in, where essentially you don't have any proven commodities. So that that uh, it, that inside linebacker spot right there is going to be fascinating to see what emerges. Yeah, I think the good news is you're only probably going to need two. Right. Uh, you know, you, you, my guess is, and I, I don't know, it could be Reed and Roberts. Uh, and then you're bringing in um, some other guys for situational uh but at some point yeah you're going with those five dbs but um there's some interesting bodies here both between the freshmen the red shirt freshmen um but again it's so unproven but i it's, think if you're going to have a position that you don't need as much depth at in this defense it's going to be linebacker because you, you you know you're not playing a three four you're right. not you don't need you know eight linebackers to compete you need three or four um, and, you know, and some of them are going to be a hybrid guy. So, you know, whether that's a bigger guy like an Ammon Allen or whether that's a safety moving down and playing kind of a, a hybrid linebacker spot. And, I, and I'm not sure what the strategy is. And they may not know yet till they see these guys in pads. But um, there's some intriguing guys out there. Uh, again, some of the young guys, you know, the, a couple of the linebackers they added in this class are very intriguing. But whether you're ready to play as an 18-year-old true freshman, I don't know. I'm moving now. Let's move into the secondary a little bit. I'm I don't know what to make of this unit. Now, let's talk talk a little bit of the safeties first. Uh, Christian Young is a guy that the coaching staff obviously has a great deal of faith in. Brought him to Media Day. They talk him up. Um, and again, they know a lot more than me, but it felt like last year that he was always I don't want to say he was misplaced, but it didn't feel like he was making the kind of plays that you would expect with a guy who was getting the kind of praise. It felt like he would get beat on the back end, whereas now, and this is just me saying, William, and I'm curious to see what you have to say. I think that you use him in the box a lot more. I think that's probably with a tight end because when he was on the back end last year, it didn't look like he was best in those spots. No, you know, he, he's got that good size, 6'3", 222. 225, somewhere in there. Um, so he's certainly sturdy enough. Uh, and, and heck, you know, if if the 222 is right, he's three pounds lighter than Roberts. Right. Um, so he, yes, he's a guy, right. who, and, and he's a guy who can be that hybrid. Um, you know, he, he is a physical guy. And while you love having a tall safety to deflect passes, um, 
you don't want to give up speed on the back end, which you might do with Young. So yeah, right. if Young is your guy who is your whether we call him a strong safety, whether we call him a nickel, whether he, you know, I don't know the terminology yet for this defense, right. you know, the Viper, the monster, whatever it is. Uh, I think young is suited to be that guy. And then you wonder, okay, who are the, you know, who are the other guys? Do you go, you know, a guy like Maldonado or, or a guy like Mays? Um, you know, obviously you bring in Warnell from, from UCLA. It sounds like he's going to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're bringing in, They've got guys who've been in the program now, you know, Jackson Turner and Isaiah Taylor, but we just mm-hmm. don't know if they're good. And that's, right. I think that's the big question. Um, so yeah, I think again, much like we were talking about linebacker, there's guys here, but who's ready to be the guy. And again, the cor- I'd be shocked if yeah, Warnell's not, not in the mix. There. The corners are fascinating to me because Christian Roland Wallace at this point, and this isn't meant in a condescending light, you know exactly kind of what you have. He's a physical guy. He likes to jam at the line of scrimmage. Not great speed. Can't get beat over the top. The one that I'm fascinated by is Traden Stooks. Now, he took over one of those cornerback spots last year. And remember, lightly recruited kid out of Chandler, earned a scholarship. But he actually became a guy that was getting his hand on a lot of passes last year towards the end. We're going to find out this year, can you hold up over a year? Because it's a lot easier in a three or four game window where there's no film on you. Now people are going to know exactly what you can do. And he's the one guy on that, you know, in that secondary, well, not the one guy. I don't see, uh, I don't see where he, how do I put this? We're, We're just going to find out about him for lack of a better term. I think in a perfect world, we get the Isaiah Rutherford we thought we were going to get, and right. we get the Christian Roland Wallace we've been teased by. I'm just not sure they're those guys. Right. Um, in a perfect world, Stukes goes back to to being the third or fourth corner. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, I think uh, you know Ephesians Prysock or uh, you know Celestine mm-hmm. are ready to step up and, and be. You know, those guys, um, it's really tough to count on two freshman DBs, but you need, I would love to see one step up and at least get in the rotation. Um, but I really think between Rutherford and Roland Wallace, one of those guys has to look better than they did last year. Frankly, I think in a perfect world, Christian Roland Wallace is probably a safety, right? Uh, you just don't, you don't, you just you don't have the body corner, corner. Him, right? Right. You know, I mean, you're you're looking at it. I, you know, I just listed off two true freshmen, and there's not much keeping them out of the rotation as it is. You know, you've got some other freshmen, you've got some walk-ons. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of playing time to be had there. So they need someone to step up, or else all these other moves could kind of be for naught. Brad, I am excited because for the first time, it does feel like Arizona could have a decent across-the-board special teams unit. Now, growing up, I took that for granted a little bit because I grew up with a Steve McLaughlin. I grew up with a Josh Miller. Heck, what was it at the one year where Matt Payton was the punter uh, punter uh, placeholder and field goal guy? I think it was his senior year after McLaughlin left, and it always worked out. This year, you've got in Kyle Ostendorp, first-team all-conference punter. Tyler Loop was perfect last year. Again, he was the short yardage guy. But I think I think special teams could be a real weapon for this team, Brad. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it looks like they got some guys who might be interested in the return game. 
Um, and frankly, I think we're seeing an emphasis put back on special teams that has kind of been maybe even lacking since uh, Coach Robinson left. Right. Uh, under Stoops, uh, you know, I mean, I know they put Hammer there, but Hammer was never really loving that role. For sure. Um, he wanted to be a DB coach. Um, Rich Rod just always thought of it kind of as an afterthought. I think. Like, meh, whatever. Yeah. You know, we're going to outscore you. So who cares if you're starting what at is, the four? Let me ask you this, William. Our good friend Kevin Woodman would drive me up a wall, and I brought this up to him when we were in California. Where does this theory come from that you don't want to use scholarships on kickers? Because I guarantee you the kicker is a far more important position than the third string safety. Uh, you know, I think the, I think, I really think the problem is I think evaluating kickers has become so difficult. Okay. Because if you look at every time Arizona gets a commitment from a kicker, you go to that kid's page, he's a five-star. Because every <laughs> kicking camp tells you a kid's a five-star. Right. So then you're relying on, um, you know, a coach who, again, is not a kicker in normally to evaluate kickers. Really, if, if I was doing this, I'd go hire a couple former NFL kickers as consultants and mm -hmm. have them go break down kids. Because here's the other thing. If you miss on that scholarship to a kicker, it really hurts. And no, who was the a couple of years ago at the end of the stoop there? They offered the punter kicker guy. He was a he was a, a junior college guy. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about too. Um, and they already had a scholarship kid on, and he yeah. never played. They chose Zendejas over Nick Folk's little brother. The, 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 those come back to bite you. Yeah. So when you do waste the scholarship, it really sets you back. And there are enough kickers usually out there. And this is also going to sound terrible, but in most cases, a lot of those guys can pay their own way. Right. Um, a, lot a lot of, of those guys from are more, from more affluent families who pay for kicking camps. Right. And they've been also playing travel soccer. And um, so, you know, you get them a couple grants, you get them a, a little, 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 little here, a little there. And, and suddenly you don't have to use that scholarship. So you can, if you're Rich Rod, go get another five, six receiver. <laughs> or if you're Mike Stoops, you can go get another Texas JC safety or defensive lineman. Could we be looking at maybe a Tyler Alice uh, path right there? Because again, comes from an uh, comes from a upper middle class family. Families yeah, that's a stretch. Football. Government worker can put him in, journalist can put him into all oh, Brad. You got a much better job now, though. You can that put a. You can put him into kicking camps if you want. Maybe a young Tyler Alice on the way. Uh, you know, remember when UCLA always had the chubby punter? For yes. like a, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I knew you were going to go with that, too. That, that's what Tyler Alice would. Uh, I, I think if Tyler Alice plays football at, at any kind of collegiate level, it's probably going to be as a defensive lineman. But Okay. Let's he, move over to basketball. Yeah, okay. I think I think Tyler is more likely to play football than basketball at the highest level. Oh, he's uh, not. No, he's already retired from basketball. He hates it. <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm out of here. No, yeah, yeah. We we did put him in the wrong league last year, and we took on a kid who was uh five ten, um, in the post. He was pretty much done with basketball. Right. Let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, first of all, Four Peaks Brewery, the official brewery of PHNX Sports. You can go to Go PHNX and you can enter for cool raffles right there. Good stuff going on there. All right, Brad. Moving over to basketball, uh, Kwame Evans Jr. All it looks like now most of the people are putting in their lot that he's going to be going to Oregon. I think it's official. I think he committed on uh, B and Cardi's Instagram did, live. Did he did just commit? Yes. 
uh, did you ever think we'd be saying that like a third tier ESPN uh, announcers Instagram live um, for commitments, but there you go. Yeah, you're right. He did pick him. Yeah, I, I do apologize. I should have known that. I've been a media day all day. The one thing, though, that was with him that's weird, and I'm curious about this, is now, do you think that with Oregon, I don't, this is just a guess. This is just me surmising. I think Oregon wants to get into the Big Ten. Um, I don't think that they want to be in the Pac-12. Is Oregon just going to go all out to get every single player they can now to just dominate and show, hey, this is what we can do? Because it feels like that Oregon, I don't know exactly what happened with this recruitment, but it definitely feels interesting. That's for sure. Um, I don't think I don't think there's any doubt that NIL money probably came into play, right? Um, which I find interesting because it could be very short-sighted on his part, right? And you and I both agree Dana Altman's the best coach in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Asterisk, give me two more years of Tommy Lloyd. Right. But he doesn't do a great job developing NBA talent. Right. For um, sure. You know, you could almost argue that guys who probably we didn't think were going to make it, made it better, you know, than than some of the guys who, you know, the fact that Tyler Dorsey's playing in Greece right now uh, is astounding to me. Um, that being said, you know, I don't know how much the NIL stuff is. I know the rumors Nike's involved, which to me, that's where they've got to reel this in. I, I like the idea of NIL money, but I don't like the idea that uh, someone who is a, a corporation who is also in bed with 50 other teams can send NIL money to a kid. Right. Um, and steer him somewhere. I don't mind that, like, once you're at Arizona, you can get some NIL money from them. But either way, and again, I don't know if you could put that back in, in Pandora's box anyways. Um, but is whatever he's going to make this year off NIL worth maybe not developing as well? Because, um, again, I think right now Tommy Lloyd looks like, I mean, looks like, you know, Dallin Terry was a top 20 pick. That's all you have right. to tell anybody. For sure. Uh, that being said, you know, and I know a lot of people are like, we didn't need him anyways. No, you really wanted him. Yes. That being said, if you were going to strike out on a player in that class, power forward is probably the best one you can strike out on. Well, that was going to be my next point. So you look into next year, and that to me is really, and we've talked about it before, but this year to me, William, is kind of a transition year. I think Arizona's a top 25 team. I don't believe they're a national title contender. I think the year after is where you're looking at that, and it's kind of an all-systems go. You don't have Kwame Evans Jr., but you could theoretically – have Henry Visar on there as a second-year guy. You could have Umar Ballo. Heck, you could even have a Julius Tabellis possibly on there. So the power forward, again, while you definitely want the kid, power forward is more of a position, I guess, of convenience, or uh, convenience, lack of a better term. I think had you added Evans, you're having to make some interesting decisions about what and who's going to play where. And maybe you're encouraging someone to, uh, yeah, you know, go pro. Right. Um, whereas now maybe you're actively green. And again, that's the only, I think, position on this roster with maybe the exception of point guard for the 2023 class. Right. Obviously, you've got Kylan Boswell. Um, so if you strike out on, again, a top five, what is he, top five, top mm-hmm. 10 player. Um, if you had struck out on Boswell, you would have been in worse shape. Right. If you had well, struck out on uh, the other KJ, uh, Lewis, yep. you would have been in worse shape. Um, this is the position you have the best 
depth at potentially heading into next year. And I, I know I've seen this a few places, a lot of power forwards in Europe. Right. Who just are. And again, I don't know that Philly B doesn't wind up a power forward. He's six, nine. And, and, and it looks like too, especially with the way that Gonzaga played the way that Arizona played, you could definitely see him being kind of an inside outside type player. Yeah. You could go four out one in, especially if you do have Ballo back or Dylan Anderson really develops. So again, would, do you want Evans? Absolutely. Is this a blow? Yes. Is this a knockout blow? Not at all. Right. All right. Before we sign off here, I want to tell you about FOCO, officially licensed fan gear, also another sponsor. From merchandise to paraphernalia to bobbleheads, they pretty much have it. Check it out. You can go to gophnx.com. They have everything you need right there, or you can just go to foco.com. That's where they got it. Again, code word PHNX. Brad, as always, it's been a privilege, my man, and we will talk with you soon. Yeah, I'm assuming I'll see you next Tuesday. You will see me next Tuesday. We'll be talking to you soon, Brad. Thanks again, buddy. Have a good one. All right, you guys have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Yeah.